Welcome to the Popcorn Junkies. Hey! Apologies, I'm a bit tired and feeling a bit unwell. Nan's a bit emotional. Um, we've just seen Men, uh, the new film by Alex Garland, starring Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear. Directed by um, Alex Garland, who made one of my favourite, favourite films in recent years, which is Ex Machina, mm -hmm. um, and made a movie called Annihilation. Annihilation was, was also the screenwriter, I believe, of films like The Beach. You wrote the novel The Beach. I only wrote the novel. The I thought Ex Machina was a, a brilliantly restrained, sinister, sophisticated film about human relationships, ironically through the lens of AI. Um, so this is called Men, and this is a sort of, well, I suppose, what would you describe it? It's a, it's a horror? It's a horror, but it's also, and, and forgive me if we start to very quickly disagree on this or not, but it's a treatise on misogyny that I think goes badly wrong. You know, I, I was thinking as I was coming to it, looking at the trailers and things like that, I was thinking, you know, things like Midsommar. Yeah. I was thinking The Wicker Man. You know, I wasn't expecting it to be as rural as it as it is. But yeah, I was excited. I'd be lying if I didn't say I, I wasn't excited. Uh, plus, and me very much more. Oh, were you? I was totally excited. Oh, right. Oh, OK. I was looking forward to it more than almost any other film. Oh, right. From the trailer, because from the I thought trailer. the trailer was and I was th I thought it was curious. I thought we'd reached a moment in this sort of hashtag Me Too landscape um, where just the word men was potentially sufficient to denote horror and fear. And I think that there's a lot more. It seems like an, an incredibly simple title, but I think it's an incredibly clever title. Mm -hmm. And I think I know we are about to disagree. And I think that so much of what I think this film is about is exemplified in the simplicity of its title because it sets itself up as a horror film and it makes no sort of bones about the fact that it's men. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, this might get a bit emotional for, for my mum because, of course, this deals with the topic of suicide and it deals with it in a very particular way. Um, right from the get-go. Right from the get-go. It's almost like the second image, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And So it's about this woman, Jessie Buckley Harper, whose partner, she's, well, she's in an abusive relationship, both emotionally and, we discover, physically. Um, and it's about her aftermath or the sort of period of time immediately after her partner, we think, throwing himself out of a, a, an upper floor kind of flat yeah. window. she's not even sure. He could no, have slipped. No, possibility that he slipped. Yeah. Um, but it starts with an incredibly evocative image that's in the trailer of him falling and then yeah. looking at each other. And yeah. that's, he, he, that's played by Papa Isiedo, who you'll probably know from I May Destroy You. Who's absolutely astonishing actor. And, and I think I think that actual scene of him looking in, in desperation, mm. which is probably only minutes on the screen mm. but it's absolutely profound in the sense that don't did you feel i'm sure you did I'm sure anybody that saw it felt utter, the abs i mean he was acting his socks off in that one moment moment didn't you yeah, feel that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but i mean i i he was a character who was coated and subsumed in self-pity and manipulation you know, the very first image where we see him fall yeah we don't know we that don't but, know but it becomes then it, she gives us a story of what actually happened yeah and it becomes clear that she so so essentially she's headed off to a sort of uh, rural retreat to grieve basically. to grieve yeah and it's a film about grief it's a film about the aftermath of grief it's not just about grief of a kind of dying partner i think it's the grief of an abusive relationship too and um and as as you say which it, it clarifies itself that he threatened to kill himself and and i think from the get go uh i thought papa Sierra was was placed as a manifestation of negative masculinity yeah. controlling yeah, masculinity undoubtedly. it's a film about a woman trying to find herself or refine herself or re-anchor herself or, oh. or start to rebuild her life in some way yeah redefine herself yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Rory Kinnear plays all the other men virtually in this film which in and of itself 
merits some kind of discussion it's at some astonishing. point. Astonishing. Yeah, an astonishing cast. So he plays the sort of tim but tim but dim or dim but nice, incredibly dim but nice sort tim of tin nice. guy who kind of runs the the house, puts his foot in it, a bit gaff prone, doesn't realise that he thinks she might be well, well, absolutely incredibly might be divorced. Yeah, very country, rural bumpkin. Them. Very funny, very funny. Very sweet in very terms sweet. of um, But I was getting all sorts of League of Gentlemen vibes. Oh, absolutely. Right at the absolutely. beginning. In fact, yeah, almost every time on the canoe appeared I got a League of Gentlemen. Um, and that for me was a bit of a problem. Okay. It was a bit of a problem well, because whilst I liked him and I enjoyed mm. him, I felt he was in a different film to her. That's really interesting. Okay. I felt she was I think the actress Jessie Buckley was in there for all the right reasons. Obviously she's a great actress. She's you know, she just with every role that she she takes, she just becomes a richer and richer character character actor. I thought we had a really, you know, potentially complex situation going on with her. Mm. Um and I just thought his first character and then subsequent characters, they just seemed like they were literally out of a sort of sitcom. Yeah, yeah, OK. That's really interesting because what she is, Jessie Buckley, certainly to me and I think a lot of people is, she's a totally real actress in that she's, mm. you believe everything that she's doing. She's rooted in the real world. Yeah. Like somebody said, she could be playing a blancmange and she'd make you believe it. She's absolutely oh, she's amazing. Raw. She's a raw she's, actress. She is, absolutely. Yeah. And as such... Um, she, yeah, she was playing this film on her own, absolutely on her own, except for the odd moments with Paparissa do where he sort mm. of is um, uh, duelling with her. Mm. Um, flashback. Yeah. Then all, all the rest of it is, is <laughs> and bless him, I mean, I really did like the takes that Rory Kinnear were do, was doing, Wood was doing. I thought they were, they were, see, I thought he's talented, you know, they're all different. Um, but it is a very, very different vibe. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't, it's not clear that he's playing all these different parts until obviously a bit later when you meet other characters. Uh, and the film makes no bones about this. And she doesn't spot that it's the same character. And I think it's quite apparent quite quickly that what, what the suggestion is in having him play all these different mm. men. And of course, there's one particular man that he plays that's the most sinister and, if you like, the most magical and the most horror laden, mm -hmm. which is essentially a sort of green man version. But we'll get to him. Um, is this the, the idea that there's a connective tissue, if you like, between all men and all men's behaviour? Yeah. And I would say that all the men in this film are portrayed, whether they be police, vicar, the uh, the owner of the, the property, um, the, or, or even the even the landlord of the pub. They're kind of portrayed, bar the kid, as almost kind of reliable or well, safe be a kid men. As well, I would say. Yeah, well, you would assume that a child would be safe, wouldn't you? And so they're they're but they're they're men of kind of authority and men of sort of. Um, you know, certainly the policeman and the vicar. And, and, and so I, I just thought it was interesting that I, I think what he was trying to do with that was, and whether it works or not, I want to know whether you think it worked or not, is, is this idea that whatever the values of the men in this film, and mm. it's a film about men, mm. and it's a film about men with women, mm. I mean, obviously, is that clearly the suggestion was that maleness or toxic masculinity is threaded through all of yeah. these different yeah. men. Yeah, I think what, what happens as well with that, though, is that because of the fact that it's Rory Kinnear playing them all, and after the second character appears, which I can't remember, oh, I think it's the naked stranger, isn't it? Yeah. That you realise it's him. Yeah. You start very quickly, and I don't know whether you did this, but I certainly made this assumption the first time I saw it, and it was magnifying mm. the second time, was that it's in all happening in her mind. Yep. It's her, her version of hell. It's a version right. of hell. All men are portrayed. It doesn't matter that this yeah, is so fairy tale esque or sort of like yeah. nightmarish vision. She, we don't have to have the specifics of yeah. who they are. So it doesn't matter that she doesn't notice who they mm. are in mm. that sense. So quite quickly, we're in a situation where we've got a woman on her own in a house. And, and I think this is where I started to have real problems with the film. I, it just didn't know what it was trying to be. No. It didn't know if it was a kind of, you know, standard sort of gothic horror set in a frightening house type thing. It had parked the horror in 
in, in men, and we're going to talk about how that, that was achieved. But it, quite quickly, we, we were in a situation where we saw it with Maddie and Kiki, and they were kind of like, you know, she was in a house at night, the mobile phone reception was a bit dodgy, yeah. you felt her isolation. And I always have a problem with that. In, in a film with an actress like her who's playing it for real, why would she be, would she really have chosen somewhere like this? I know it's a ludicrous thing to say, but I think it matters because yeah. it's so key to the kind of general sense of horror that Describe. kind of de 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 descends on the film. Yeah, he tried to sort of um, to deal with that by having her say things like, oh, you know, I overdid myself here and, yeah. uh, you know, I should have thought about this more and it's too big. And yeah, and her sister big. on the phone says something along the lines of, but you've booked this for you, this is for yeah, you to find yeah, yourself. Yeah. You? Well, yeah, you could find yourself in a, in a sort of much busier location yeah, rather than yeah. in a sort of stranded Tudor cottage. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we nev we're never given, actually, if you think about it, any idea of what Harper herself, other than a woman who is grieving, mm. and we, we, told, we, we know that in many different ways, mm. But we don't know anything about her. We don't know what she does. We no. don't know what her situation was, except she was in this abusive relationship mm. and that it, we know how long it lasted and mm. blah, blah, blah. We know she's grieving, but we don't know anything else. And that's sort of important a bit, I yeah. think, that we what? don't. No, I agree. And, and then for me, the strongest scene, the strongest moment, the strongest okay. sequence in this film happens quite early on once she's there. She goes for a walk mm -hmm. and it's the sequence that's in the trailer. And I thought it was by far the most sophisticated and the most atmospheric and yeah and the most sort of sinister and unhurried and kind of unconventional kind of development of horror where she goes for a walk she goes to a sort of you know uh, abandoned sort of tunnel she tests her voice there's a sort of musicality that goes on there and then you see this figure in the distance and she sort of as she starts to make her way back we discover the second iteration of Rory Kinnear which is this naked man mm. just standing and I have to say there's nothing more sinister no. Than a man just standing naked. Uh, Mark made the sort of noises that I usually make in cinemas, which was, which was oh. oh. Yeah, yeah, and it was really horrible. And and I was getting vibes of It Follows, that sort of, you yeah, know, the highly yeah. effective, if you haven't seen a horror film, yeah, so effective film, in that yeah, it's yeah. just about the fact that once you've got, once you've got this kind of horror virus in It Follows, someone just follows you yeah. until they get you. Yeah. And I think there's something about that relentlessness of following. And although it wasn't sort of it wasn't illustrated in the same way, you know, the one thing Alex Garland does so well, who is his cinematographer? Yes. Uh, Rob gorgeous. Hardy is the the greens are electric. Yeah. I mean obviously they've done it in the grade. The greens are electric, the bluebells are fizzing almost they're, they're almost sort of saccharine so saccharine with the colour. So much that in themselves they're disturbing. The, exactly, the exactly. So it added a sort of hallucinatory thing. And it's certainly, you know, that you can obviously in that, Annihilation, they take that to the next level, yeah. don't they? So the countryside becomes an enemy <clears throat> in one sense, even yeah. if the figure hadn't been there. Yeah. She keeps, she, and this is where oh, um, Jessie Buckley is such a good actress, because the whole of that sequence is focused on her mm. face, mm. and she keeps sort of feeling, maybe even when she feels frightened, then she'll walk it off and she'll smile to herself and think I'm being silly. Mm. She'll feel the rain and think, well, this is what I came for. Yeah. All of that is expressed in her face with no words, which yeah, is yeah. astonishing, really. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, um, but again, she's playing it for real, and meanwhile, there feels like there's this quite sort of standard horror tropes building around her. Yeah. So you've got this curious performance at the centre, this woman, and then around it, men start to sort of spring up everywhere, don't yeah. they? He, he, the, the naked man sort of comes to the house, she calls the police, the policeman's Rory Kinnear. She goes to a church because she's kind of having, you know, traumatic flashbacks where we see a moment where Paparazzi actually hits her. Yeah. Um, and, and then the vicar reaches out to her, the most sinister vicar in the world, that's Rory Kinnear. Yeah. Then she comes across, stumbles across a boy with a mask on around the side of the church and that's Rory Kinnear. I think, just to interject for a minute, there's even more iterations yeah. of Rory Kinnear, but I think that one with the vicar is really important because it's longer for a start when he's sitting next to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He asks for her description of what's happened, and I thought, I, 
I mean, I sometimes don't, never sure about Rory Kinnear. I mean, he can impersonate, but I'm not sure about his acting skills. I thought he was brilliant mm, in that mm, sequence. Mm. They darkened his eyes as well, so he was very, very. Yeah, and they changed the shape of his eyes as well. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that. But um, he was sort of putting words into her mouth yeah. to the point where she sort of. Um, but it goes on for quite a long time, is my point. Whereas a lot of the other uh, times that he appears, Rory Kinnear, he's come and he comes and goes. I thought that was. And that really was preceded. That was preceded by an incredibly emotional scene where yeah. she's screaming in the church. Yeah. I mean, and the screaming goes beyond animalistic. Pain. It's so animalistic. It's so animalistic, yeah. and, and 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 so again, you have these puncture points of extraordinary rawness and life, life and then grief and the pain and agony she's got of obviously loving this guy and having been manipulated by him, feeling the burden of responsibility. And we have all had experience of suicide where culpability and responsibility, yeah, yeah. thoughts of what could we have done and did I cause it, could I have caused it? And when and if, all, all yeah. of which the vicar verbalises. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then, and then, and then gradually it moves into, uh, you know, without going through a blow-by-blow -blow account of every mm, part of the, mm. the plot, it just, it, it kind of picks up pace and she becomes more and more sort of hassled mm. by more and more of these men. She goes to the local pub, the police yeah. have had to release the naked man. Yeah, yeah. And there's a... He goes in and out of realism, doesn't he, in the sense that the policeman... Because I think at the point before the policeman came into the pub the first time I saw it, I was thinking, well, this is all going on in her mind, it won't be referenced. Mm. But he says, oh, he's a nutter, we caught him. And then right at the end, we had to let him go, so you know it's going to go on. But I realism, it... rather than... Well, yeah, but I thought in that scene, I thought that was the point at which the magic, if there is magic, in Rory Kinnear playing all the parts, fell to pieces. Because I thought at that point, the film kind of knew it was being clever with him Arch. yeah oh, and, and the then words. in a weird way it punctured the believability of the landlord that he was playing or the policeman that he was playing it just became a gimmick and yeah. at that point i didn't like the rory kinnear playing every character point no no it, it lost power also let me just say this now because i'll forget it i forgot to say it earlier maybe this isn't important but it was one of the things i was going to say to you guys when i'd seen it and before i thought i was coming back to see it was every good every good sort of frightening horror trope was in the trailer mm. i don't know if you thought so so there was nothing that yeah. happened in that except for the final yeah. third act <laughs> which was a mistake okay i'm, I'm giving maybe it was a mistake yeah. but so uh, so all the apples dropping the thing of the people what did you think of all of the apple garden well, the know, garden, of eden, garden of eden and all that kind of I've stuff i've got no no time for and i think that's why I, I seem to be very aggressive when we came out for this it's like the wicker man or or uh, um, Midsummer. Midsummer, mm. which I thought actually she was escaping. I was reminded she she was escaping a sort of toxic-ish relationship there. Yeah, yeah, she, she was. She was. But that whole idea of the green man, you mm. know, and they kept, and the Sheila and the gig. Yeah, Sheila and the gig, and it kept showing you the two ends of the um, sort whatever of font. you call that thing, the font, and we're all one, and we're all one. Which then Alex Garland takes to his literal. Um, well, I don't. I didn't see. This is where I think it gets interesting. So you know, the whole horror, it clearly becomes a horror based upon gender and based yeah. upon control and based upon. I mean, I, I, for me, obviously, the whole Garden of Eden thing was about male priority and the, the woman being the source of kind of fucking things up, if you like. Uh, the the inherent misogyny through religion and faith yeah. and through everything. Um, to the point, almost sorry to interrupt, but it's just to the point where when the there's one point with the, where the vicar says to her. And it's made evident through all her interactions with men, all the other Rory Kinnear characters and her husband, 
of you you're making me feel this yes your very nature is making me feel this yeah. which is men can't act, control which is, themselves exactly. men can't, which again exactly. i think is intriguing around the sheila nagig thing you know just yeah. this kind of it's carved into the font so you've got the green man and you've got the sort of female thing holding her uterus open yeah. and, and and kind of you know and and the idea of, of of you know is it sexual or is it frightening is it is it to ward is you it, off or is it to kind of invite you is in it just type? fecundity is it just saying that this is the way the world is and exactly that, you know, i mean and i and i think it couldn't help but be interesting about all of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, no, I would agree But it with kind that. of let itself down with all this run... I mean, the scariest moment was where the kind of... The chav, if you like, Rory Kinnear, came running up the path. I mean, that made me jump out of my skin. So there's some real jump scares in there. There are moments in there where you're really frightened and you're in a house and people are trying to break in and all this kind of stuff. But I didn't feel it was particularly sophisticated in its suggestion that was this in her head? Because clearly it must have been in her head. Yeah. You know, this wasn't literally happening. But... I, I felt he dropped the ball massively in that... In, From in, the beginning? No, 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 in the final act. I thought he'd, oh, kind of, I thought he'd gone about setting pieces. things up. Although there was this constant tug of war between conventional horror setups, yeah. incredibly complex woman playing a part that's very real, and yeah. then you've kind of got this sort of setup of a horror film. Yeah. Then the very clever sequence in the wood with the with the naked Rory King. I thought, all oh, that was really atmospheric. And I remember thinking at the point that he was found in her garden picking the apples nakedly, I thought... Where's this going to go from here? Because yeah. that's kind of the most chilling this can get, other yeah. than, you know, just yeah. really gory, gory, yeah. gory stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just becomes a gore fest. It does. And it was a gore fest well, without you... sophistication. Yeah. Did you yeah. think? No, no, absolutely. I mean, I thought it was... Um, one of the reviews I read said, in essence, do you remember that film called Mother? Yes. Where yeah, it yeah, was yeah. divided Hated. people. Yeah, yeah. I loved it, yeah, interestingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm only saying that because I hated this and mm. didn't... And, it, it's the same sort of division one mm. feels in the audience. You know, you, I don't know what he thought he was doing by showing repeated images of of well, that, birth well, the rebirth, the rebirth, the rebirth. rebirth that less, I, you see, because what we then discover is that we we see literally Papiasiedo's crumpled body uh, from his fall. And then, you know, then the injuries that are being enacted by Jesse Buckley on these manifestations of uh, Rory Kinnear, the injuries are, to, are yeah, the yeah. same injuries. That, yeah. So clearly this 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 sort of, if you like, this photo fit man, this multi kit version of madness coming through the yeah. coming through into this house from every angle in every manifestation yeah. is all a representation of her husband and and then we have this incredibly prolonged sequence towards the end of of essentially uh the the green man version of Rory Kinnear distended stomach gives birth to himself distended stomach gives birth again. to himself and i thought even within its own logic why did it take eight Kinnears to be born before an Esiedu came out? Exactly. Why didn't they make each one that came out closer to Papa Esiedu? <laughs> you know, no, but there were little details. Like that. I was were... thinking that could have been a bit cleverer. Now, obviously. So the point where, in the, I don't know whether you found this, but certainly in the first, more in the first time I saw it in the audience, it becomes risible in the sense that people were laughing where the feet come out and then he falls yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a point to... where feet literally are born. <laughs> I mean... He gives birth to feet and our legs coming out. And I mean, it's something. I mean, oh, don't get me wrong. It's body horror at the most extreme end of things. And you're watching it like, fucking hell, what is going on? And so this is not for the faint hearted. But this part one. of that is, I think, especially for horror fans who are used to, mm. and Cronenberg fans who have been dealing mm. with body horror for years, part of that, I think, is the unsophistication of it is that I mean when I watched that the first time on my own I, my mouth dropped open with the sort of I have to say the stupidity of yeah, it it didn't yeah. add anything to anything if you say Paparisidou comes in in the end and of course he's got the same injuries because the injuries are mm, all him mm. it's all him anyway comes out with the most appalling line I think which was what we well where we about. we had a massive I, I, I you felt that the film was entirely misogynistic was that right 
not I th no I can't say that I probably did say that yeah I can't say that in the sense that I don't think he set out to make a misogynistic film well, I think he was exploring, exploring yeah it. I think he was exploring I mean a lot of reviews and people have said that it, it sits alongside last night in Soho I thought last night in Soho was one of the worst films I've seen yeah. this year I think this is marginally better and marginally no, more interesting only Just, marginally yeah, well yeah I mean because I, I think Jesse Buckley lifted it Jessie head Buckley. and shoulders above everything else uh, and I thought it was beautifully shot it, she is a problem for the film she's in a sort of if he'd gone with something that was far more well somebody hate to say it that didn't act quite as well as she did but i think he lost the message i think he i think, I think he, he lost the message i think he got i think he got gobbled up by his own monster because he was almost he, it wasn't like he was reborn it was like he was subsumed by yeah. i don't know the 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 vagina of the sheila nagig because he kind <laughs> of went in on himself yeah and in a sense the film this rebirthing thing became the film i mean he wouldn't let go of it it happened no, so many times at the end and I think, you know, obviously what he was trying to say was there was the connective, as I said at the beginning, the connective tissue between men, mansplaining, uh, misogyny, masculine, toxic masculinity, you know, even down to the little comments like by the, the, the you know, the, the house owner, when it was all plumbing, when my father said, you know, you would make it in the army or a seven year old. Yeah, that's a great line. But all those little layers of pressure and stress on men and control and manipulation and, you know, sinister kind of parking of a responsibility in the woman that they can't control themselves, as you write. Yeah. Say with the vicar. I found the cleverest point actually in the whole end of the film was how subtle and simple the most aggressive part of the film was, which, which was, was his last comment, Papiasiedo, yeah. when he said, What did he say? He said, he, he says, I don't know how something along the lines of, you I would, you me. could have loved me and therefore I wouldn't have died. Yeah, inference. Yeah. And I thought that was that was neat because. It, shocking. It was shocking, and it needed none of that blood and guts and gore and no. everything that had just preceded it for you to get a real sense of fucking hell. Yeah. What the girls call them, pick me boys, pick me boys. He was a pick me boy, that guy. Yeah. You know, pick me, pick me, because I feel sorry for myself. Yeah. Don't leave me, you know. And so, in a way, this was a stab at a man. Because, you know, you could say, well, it's another man making a film about what it means to be a woman living with toxic masculinity. Yeah, well, it, it, it's been made. It's mm. been made. I mean, I think you can, it's a moot point where you should say, should it be made? It's been made. And he falls short. He falls short because he gets confused. <laughs> I think he gets yeah. And he gets limited by the fact that he's a man. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you're saying things that I didn't think. Yeah, no, no, that sounds true. And I, I'll tell you something else I did like. I mean, I know you get horror films like Halloween where it's obviously a man and Friday the 13th and it's a man and you get yeah. Frankenstein, which is a composite man. But a lot of horror parks the source of horror in women. So it's, you know, yeah. the body of the women, Carrie, or, you know, that kind of stuff. Or, yeah. or it's in the home. It's the, the domestic place. Or it's the children of women and the relationship between... And I thought something that parked it, not within, like, not that it was a man with a blade, yeah. but something that parked it within male sexuality and male identity, that that's the horror. I thought it was... I thought it was... But it didn't even do that because it was dressing that up. I would agree with you if I'd have thought that's what he was trying to do, but because he dressed it up with this Sheila whatever, the, the, green, Sheila man, the, gig. the green man sort of type yeah. vibes, which is we're all... I mean, the vibe underneath all of that is basically we all have to do what we have to do. Well, I didn't to... think he was sanctioning it. Do you not? No, not at all. I think he was I think he was just showing the full range of male manipulation. Yeah, well, yeah. The yeah, full no, range of it. Yeah. Right down to the little kind of assumption that the, uh, you know, the, the house owner made about her name and her being married. Yeah, yeah. All of that, yeah. you know, low-level aggression, yeah. low-level prejudice yeah. and a high-level prejudice. And I just think it got hijacked by genre tropes it became a horror film that it became a body horror yeah. film and then it just it lost it just literally lost itself it, it lost just, its way didn't yeah, it went up its own and, it, and sort of the first half or maybe just just slightly longer than the first half which was totally 
in in some ways i mean i thought it was too long even that first first three quarters yeah in terms of it was sort of captivating in the woods and whatever you could get the sense of but 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 all the woods and everything even before we started going into these iterations iterations of Rorikine, was almost threatening enough yeah. you needed to do something dramatically different than he actually did yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean i my mouth fell open the first time i saw it yeah as well as being thinking i mean i think it was cheap and the, the whole idea of having a suicide at the beginning mm. because that would have affected a lot of people and because it's right in your face from the moment mm. you see the film i thought that was a cheap um yeah you said that when you saw his body you said that's cheap yeah, it's, you whisper, cheap, it's, it's a cheap, cheap um trick trick mm. yeah to make us think so so basically so that he could do this i mean had the film been better i wouldn't have used that word right, right, because right. i quite like that i quite like the undertones of of pastoral britain and the past, I, I did like the kind of parking it in the green man. I was getting Jerusalem vibes, and I do think yeah, that there's I like that paganistic. I like that paganistic root and source and font, literally of of origin. You know, the idea that nature is is, is maternal and feminine, and is that in itself sexist and masculine? Yeah. Kind of, you know. And I wonder whether you know, and you've got the you've got the yin and the yang of the green man and the sheila and a gig and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you know, I, I mean, that sort of stuff always appeals to me. I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought it was. I thought the absolutely strongest scene was the one outside that's in the trailer the the, the sound the soundtrack was brilliant yeah you know, it was it's the, the same guy that's collaborated with him on ex machina really atmospheric really atmospheric um yeah i don't know but it just it, it kind of didn't really deliver for me it kind of it, it flicked so many thoughts up for me and then it didn't kind of convincingly deal with them and yet at the same time i, I found the end line the end moment refreshingly undramatic in its horror of this is what men this is what men are whether it but be you thought it would be bought in the sense that you would take it which was that it was an indictment against total indictment but of you men. can't say that when the well, dominant ideology is sexist and misogynistic you can't say that no, it's no, gonna... no, but, no but the film presupposes that she's in an abusive relationship you see she is mm. it takes you, it doesn't take it doesn't even need to take a position you take the position as the viewer this is wrong this is wrong what's happening. You're not going to sit there and think it's good that he punches her in the face, threatens to kill himself if she leaves him. She has the right to leave him. And so at the end, when he kind of pulls that together and says to her, well, you know, if you'd have loved me, this wouldn't have happened, essentially. Um, yeah, as a viewer, I come out of it going, you absolute fucking arsewipe. You do, but I don't think, I think a lot of men wouldn't. I know, but we had that argument. I, I, I don't think you could control it's like It's like white supremacists love the Northmen. You can't not make the film for fear that... You just you can't be responsible for what other people think. What I think the message of the film is is that, you know, via body horror and rebirth and all that kind of stuff, men can be controlling. At the, it was really coercive control. It was gaslighting. Mm. It was coercive control. It was a every film about yeah, yeah, every kind of control. And I thought it was neat that it finished and ended on a more subtle manifestation of it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah okay. So, what would you score it, Mum? What would I score it? Um... Whoa. Well, almost for expectation on my part. I was really looking forward to it, but based solely on the trailer yeah. and all the trailer moments were, were good. Right. I totally buy your, your line of um, the League of Gentlemen, which was bothering me the first time. Yeah. And that can be a bothersome thing. It can. Because, especially if you put it against Jessie Buckley's total naturalistic yeah. stuff when she's acting her heart out mm. with grief. It was a total mess, the third act, and I thought in many respects I hated I obviously hated the beginning. I hated the, the whole, not the point of the film, but he, I hated the fact that he used that suicide and Paparizzo do, do his eyes particularly as he went down 
as the start of all this mm. and and okay people say well that's because it's your particular story it is but it's a lot of people's story mm. Mm. and in that i think he could have i know Mark, i get what you're saying is um you know filmmakers and storytellers should not be responsible for no. all people but no. in a way maybe they should be a bit more <laughs> so what would i give it i'd give it you see what the good bits were really good you know her acting the the cinematography 48. Four, okay, yeah. That's about on the money for Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's got is 47. It? Yeah. Oh, is it? Um, I thought Jesse Buckley, I think with the performance he had from Jesse Buckley, he could have, the horror could have become infinitely more complicated, layered, and subtle. I thought he was absolutely hitting all the right notes with uh, the introduction of the naked man, the sense of pursuit. I think he I think he made a huge narrative mistake in that he brought that person right up literally to the window of a house too soon. Yeah. I think he had all sorts of breadth there to stick with the horror and the yeah. subtle horror of landscape and uh, and you know what this rebirth man because he's you know this this naked man has got oak leaves wedged into his skin yeah. he's off the earth he's weird you know smells strange and all that kind of stuff so I thought you know and I and then I thought these little individual scenes with different moments I think the film never could never shake its own sort of smug kind of cleverness around using Rory Kinnear for every part I yeah. think and I don't think that's Rory Kinnear's fault I no, think Rory no. Kinnear did a really good job of it but I think the film was kind of a bit too you know yay cocky about that and so each time it happened I thought oh god all right well yeah it's novel but is it actually meaningful is it actually furthering the film crazy. you know the whole oppressive scene with the vicar coming into the house and was he actually going to rape her and what have you I thought that was terribly dealt with it was yeah. like he just sort of ambled all over her with his separated fingers and then and, and then she and she was just reduced, actually, to a really conventional female character in a horror film. Yeah, that was the Backing other thing. Backing off with yeah. a knife. Was, exactly, was that was so sort of at odds with everything yeah. else. Was Her performance in the last third of the film was totally at odds with all the stuff we Yeah, seen. so again, going back to what I said, I, I think his... I think quite an erudite thought or idea about toxic masculinity got hijacked by horror genre stuff yeah and he had at the center of it all he had a really sophisticated and layered performance from jesse mm. and then by the end he was just asking her to react to just yeah. horror and, yeah. and and that just felt it felt poor and so that final moment that final scene i thought he he managed to kind of rescue it from the from the gasping jaws of yeah. failure by by just having that moment which kind of anchored it a little bit at the end. But yeah, I, I, for me, I was really excited and it didn't really deliver on everything that I was hoping for. But like you said, when it worked, it worked really well. Um, mainly that one scene in the in the forest. I'd probably give it about the same. I'd give it fifty. Also more or less. Yeah. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.